0: books with grace i'm dr grace hammond and thrilled that we are here together in this ancient season of advent and the advent series on old books with grace is one of the favorite things for me that i do advent comes from the latin word adventus meaning a coming or arrival advent waits upon the coming or arrival of jesus christ And I'm going to quote Wikipedia now, which I quoted last year too, because wonderfully, they have it put very well. The season of Advent in the Christian calendar anticipates the coming of Christ from three different perspectives, the physical nativity in Bethlehem, the reception of Christ in the heart of the believer, and the eschatological second coming. In other words, During Advent, we wait for Christmas, the celebration of the birth of the Incarnate God. We anticipate His transformative entry into our hearts and our ongoing sanctification. And we declare our expectation that He will come again to judge the living and the dead, as we say each week in the Creed. This year's Advent series has been a joy to craft. As I meditated upon what I wanted to write— I thought it was funny, the way that the days fall this year, there are only three Wednesdays in Advent. I started reading a lot of Advent and Christmas poetry of the past to give me ideas on what to write, how to structure, and it came to me in a flash of insight. The Holy Family, the center of Advent and Christmas, has three members, perfect for my three Wednesdays. And then, as I started to look deeper into this little trinity of people, Mary, Joseph, and the infant Jesus, I realized that in the poetry I was reading around each person, I was discovering continuity around the three theological virtues. Mary was so closely aligned with hope, Joseph with faith, and of course, Jesus Christ with love incarnate. So I wrote this series holding these connections in my mind. Welcome to Advent 2023. series begins with Mary, Holy Virgin, Blessed Mother, Theotokos, God-bearer. Because on the human level, the coming of Jesus begins with Mary's vibrant, may it be unto me according to your word. How could the composer of the Magnificat, the expectant mother, be anything less than the embodiment of disciplined longing and stretching towards the good, as her body quite literally stretches with the incarnate God? Hope is the first of the theological virtues, the dawn glimmering in the distance, the star coming out of the clouds over the stormy waves, that initial subtle undimming of the dark. As a Middle English lyric poem by Friar William Heribert begins, Hail, levde, se star bricht, or Hail, lady, sea star bright. You can find the lyrics I refer to today in the little collection of 14th century poetry gathered by Carlton Brown in the early part of the 20th century, and the link is in my show notes. So, what even is hope, and how does Mary especially offer out a model of hope? I used to think hope was the feeling I sort of naturally got when I desired something with confidence, and I wrote about this in an article for Fathom magazine a year or so ago. It's the feeling that you use when you say, I'm really hoping for new boots for Christmas. Theological hope can be a feeling, but it is more than that. Hope is a habit of disciplined longing, a stretching, a readiness, an expectation, Thomas Aquinas writes that hope denotes a movement or a stretching forth of the appetite towards an arduous good. It rests in our wills rather than our mind or our senses. This is why we can still hope when our intellect reels with confusion or when the night is as dark as it gets. For Thomas, this arduous good that we stretch for is life in the presence of God. And hope itself is arduous. It takes both gift and effort to be full of hope in the present world. The language of stretching always strikes me in particular. The reach of the will towards God is the nature of hope. It doesn't mean that you feel hopeful about the state of the world or church or something else. Sometimes feeling hopeful is part of that and sometimes not. Hope Is more like the child in pain who reaches short arms as far as she can towards her mother. Hope is the condition of the pilgrim in life, who travels onward in soul and body despite obstacles to reach his destination. I had trouble writing this episode because there are so many beautiful little gem-like Marian lyrics of the Middle Ages. But for this episode, I decided to focus on one fascinating poem in particular, the anonymous 14th century Middle English poem that begins, Mary made mild and free. Recall, if you will, that Middle English is the language of Chaucer, who wrote the Canterbury Tales, by the way, that funny English that developed after the Norman conquest and the rapid infusion of French into Old English. And Old English really looks and sounds more like modern-day German than modern-day English. But it's also before the more familiar early modern English of Shakespeare or of John Donne or some of those favorite poets of mine. These words are often immediately recognizable on a page, but the accent sounds pretty different. Enjoy the melodies of an English spoken more than 600 years ago in love of Christ and devotion to Mary. Just listen in quiet peace and let it sink in. It's a rather long poem, so bear with me. I'm going to read stanza by stanza, first the Middle English, and then my own Modern English translation. Marie, made milde and frae, chambre of the Trinity. On a wheel, less to me, as ich de grete with song. Duch me fete unclean kleine bee, mess du Mary, maiden mild and free, chamber of the Trinity, listen for one moment to me as I greet you with song. Though my vessel unclean be, my dish you shall receive. Thou art queen of paradise. Of heaven, of earth, of all that is, thou better than king of bliss, without sin and sorrow. Thou hast erriht that was e Iwona that was Ilora. You are queen of paradise, of heaven, of earth, of all that is. You have borne the king of bliss, without sin and sorrow. You have righted what was amiss, have won what was lost. Thou ert the culver of Noah, that brute the branch of olive tree. In Tocna that pace should be betwixt the god and manna. Sweetelete, help thou me, when ich shall win the hand. You are the dove of Noah that brought the branch of olive tree in token that peace would now be betwixt God and man. Sweet lady, help me when I shall wend hence. Thou art the Bosch of Sine, Thou art the Rita Sarai. Thou hast de Brocht, us out of Cree of calling of the Fende. Thou art Christus Owen Drury and of Davi's kind. You are the bush of Sinai. You are the true Sarah. You have brought us out of the range of the calling of the fiend. You are Christ's own beloved and of David's kin. Du eart the slinge, this on the stone, that Davi slang Goliath upon. Du the yard all of Aaron, midrea Eer springend, Witness at Ham every chon, that wiste of the na childing. You are the sling, your son the stone with which David slew Goliath. You are the rod of Aaron that I saw dry yet springing. You bear witness to all who know of your childbearing. Vuert you the temple Salomon. In the wandered Gideon. Du hast gladdened Simeon with Venus sweet offering. In the temple at altar stone with Jesus, heaven king. You are the temple of Solomon. In you wandered Gideon. You have gladdened Simeon with your sweet offering. In the temple at the altar stone, Jesus, heaven's king. Thou art er Judith, that fair wife. Thou hast abated all that strife. Holofernes with his knife, his head, thou him binom. Thou hast saved her life that to day will come. You are Judith, that fair woman. You have abated all that strife. Holofernes with his knife, his head, you have removed. You have saved their life who come to you. Thou art Hester, that sweet thing, and a the rich king, the hath it chose, to his wedding, and queen he hath a vong. For Mardocheus, thy dearling, Syrah Amon was a hung. You are Esther, that sweet person. And Ahasuerus, the rich king, has chosen you for his wedding, and queen he has made you, because of Mordecai, your darling, Sir Haman, was hung. The prophet Ezekiel, in his book, he witnesseth well. Thou art the gate so strong, so stale, ak every ishet is from man. Thou art the richt fair Rachel, fairest of all women. The prophet Ezekiel, in his book, witnesses well, you are the gate as strong as steel, but ever shut from man. You are the right fair Rachel, fairest of all women. In thee his God become a child. In thee his rich become a meal. That unicorn that was so weelder allayed him of a chest. Thou hast it tamed and distilled with milk of the breast. In you God became a child. In you his vengeance became mild. That unicorn that was so wild is allayed by one so chaste. You have tamed and stilled him with milk of your breast. Have lived, eh? this little song, that out of sinful heart is sprung. Against the fiend, thou make me stronger, and give me thee we sing. And though ich habe I do the wrong, the grant me amending. Have lady this little song that out of sinful heart has sprung. Against the fiend please make me strong and give me your blessing. And though I have done you wrong, grant me amending. In this poem we encounter a mix of expected and surprising images of Mary. Mary is the gate of God's humble entry into the world as a human the unburnt bush, symbolizing Mary as paradoxically maiden and mother, her body a holy manifestation of God's glory. Similarly, Mary is like Solomon's temple, a tabernacle of the Lord's presence. But some of the battle images of Mary, like the sling of David, are far stranger to us. Mary's yes, in the long run, will destroy the greatest works of the enemy. And then, of course... We get all these comparisons to women of the Hebrew scriptures. What are these doing? First, we see the hope of the Hebrew scriptures in the accumulation of these people and stories, the longing for Messiah that we share with ancient Israel. The pile of images and motley group of people reminds us of Mary's ancient heritage and lineage— She is part of a long line of chosen and blessed people of God. She has inherited their anticipation. They are, in their own unique life stories, models of hope. Judith, Sarah, and Esther. They teach us that hope is curious and multifaceted. The longing of active hope is not one-size-fits-all. It's not going to look the same in each individual life. We know this because these stories and lives aren't similar to each other. Judith kills her people's conqueror by seducing him. Esther marries her people's overlord and is ready to sacrifice her life for her persecuted nation. And Sarah, despite her laughing skepticism because of the shape of her long life, is the mother of God's chosen people. What do these different women share? How are they like Mary? Two things, I think. The first is that they longed, desired, yearned. You don't have to be ready to stab a general through the skull or marry your people's conqueror and oppressor. You don't have to be bearing a child at 100 years old. If all you have this season is your longing for the world to be made new, to be healed, bring it. That's what Advent is for. For desire is not a nothing hopeful longing shapes hearts. Longing is like a river that carves out contours where the river flows. Only in longing do we recognize and become ready to say yes to these strange and unforeseen movements of God in His coming, like Mary, whether that is His coming in His earthly body his coming in our hearts, or his coming in his eschatological kingdom, in which we are all invited to make justice and peace at home in our hearts and bodies and actions. Mary's yes is the great yes of all who yearn for the one who will make all things well. The comparison to the dove of Noah is apt. Mary is ready to find the land, to see the waters receding. The second is that in their longing, they paid attention. Their desire was not unfocused. Mary's longing gave her the sharpened ears and eyes for participation with God in His ongoing work of salvation. Each of these women had that sharpened sense, those ears and eyes, for what was happening around them. They were invited into God's salvific work, and they stepped into it. Skeptically, even, in Sarah's case, or without explicit reference to God in Esther's. But because they were paying attention in their longing, each woman gave life and saved life in their own particular set of circumstances. Each woman modeled Mary. I begin to realize that this kind of attention to one's context and the needs of those around oneself is a form of hope. Keep your eyes open, these women tell us. In the strangest contexts, we watch and wait for the movement of God. In fearful royal chambers, in deserts, in wandering, under burdens, in triumph, in illness, in death, in your very body as it is. What is the context in which you watch and wait and long, like Mary? Hope entails the tender sharpening of desire and its attendant active waiting. This is the hope of Mother Mary in her looking to Gabriel, in her yes, in the stretching ligaments and joints and skin of her God-bearing body. It is the hope of her song in praise of the Lord in the presence of Elizabeth. And... It is also the hope of Mary showing up under the cross at what seems like the end of all things at the darkest moment in history. This week, my prayer is for Mary, Mother of Hope, to mother hope and longing for Christ coming in my heart, and for God to give me ready eyes and ears to respond to invitations into the goodness and love of Christ. Next week on the Advent series, I'll be thinking about faith alongside Joseph with the guidance of W.H. Auden, Madeline Langle, and George McDonald. That's a dream team if I've ever heard one. Join me. Share this episode with a friend. And of course, if you feel like you'd like to, review and rate this episode as it helps other folks to find it. If you're curious and would like to learn more about medieval poetry, I discuss a great deal of it in my recent book, Jesus Through Medieval Eyes, Beholding Christ with the Artists, Mystics, and Theologians of the Middle Ages. Check it out anywhere you get your books. You can also find me online at gracehammond.substack.com, on Instagram at oldbookswithgrace, or on Twitter at gracehammondphd. Thanks again for listening to Old Books with Grace, and I'll see you next time.